0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Punched in the Mouth. The MMA show. I almost forgot the name of my own show. Can you believe that? Oh, the Adrian problems, Adrian problems. Anyway, this weekend we got Corey Sanhagen versus Tillershaw, Killershaw, Snakershaw, TJ Dillershaw, bro. I am excited. You should be excited too, bro. Be excited, guys. Be excited. Enjoy the fights, guys. I know I'm being too much. I'm finally going to get out of the house this weekend. That's why. Deuces. what's going on everybody here we go episode number i don't even know the episode number but still i know i said i was going to be back the week after the conor mcgregor fight but stuff went down i tried to get my youtube channel started but that didn't happen right so it'll get done soon i promise i promise 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 i will get that up and running as soon as possible but in the meantime we're going to keep this going I'm hoping to get my blog up soon. Hopefully I don't run into any problems with that. But hopefully, hopefully everything will be up and running really smoothly very soon. So let's get into it. We're going to start with the fallout of the trilogy fight with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. First of all, I'm going to talk about the fight. Right, and then we could, if you want, we can talk about the stuff afterwards and stuff like that. Because I did make a YouTube channel, a YouTube video off of it, but again, I didn't like the way it sounded. The capabilities of my computer are limited when it comes to that. So, going into the fight, the first minute, minute and a half, Connor was in control throwing leg kicks. Um, and then Dustin he blitzes him he he clips Connor very well then it promotes Connor to um clinch him Dustin gets gets him up against the fence and performs a high crotch takedown which then for whatever reason promotes Connor to go for a guillotine. In my mind, I was going, I'm like, this dude's done. Because you could see Dustin's frame. Dustin was the bigger person in the octagon. His frame was way bigger than Connor. So, in my mind, I'm like, all he's going to do is get out of his guillotine and throw all his weight on top of Connor and start grounding and pounding. For the most part, that's what happened. He got out of the guillotine. It was tight at one point, but I knew Dustin wasn't going to let him finish it. Dustin gets on top of him, right? He starts grinding and pounding him. And when I'm watching it live, I'm watching it with a bunch of emotions and stuff like that. So you can't ask me right away, did, did you think, how do you think that fight went? Because I don't remember half of it. I don't remember the most significant parts, but like every little detail that goes on in that fight. Because if I were just to f- watch that fight just once, like the live portion of it, like everybody else. I would have told you Conor was getting demolished from the start of the bout to the end of the fight. Which isn't the case. If you go back and you rewatch it, it's not the case. Conor was winning that fight. I believe I said up until the 2 minute 40 mark. Because besides that one blitz Dustin gave him. On the stand-up, he didn't really do much in the stand-up. Dustin didn't offensively, right? Like, defensively. He says he checked the kick. Again, I'm not a fighter, so I don't know if he checked the kick or not. And I've watched the fight, like, three times. So, I'm probably not the best person to ask about that type of stuff because I didn't see no check. So, once he got him to the ground, Connor through short elbows which were, I believe busted Dustin open I guess this, the cut was significant, but when Dustin separates you think he's doing major damage to Connor and I'm not gonna lie like he did more damage when they were in close with the short elbows rather than when they were separated and he was throwing big shots one or two shots did get through that really hurt Connor I'm not gonna deny that but for the most part, most of those shots were hitting Connor on the arm and on the chest. And if we go by what they did to Dominic Reyes against John Jones, those don't count as significant strikes. And then Connor, he did play a little dirty. He was grabbing the glove and stuff, but I honestly didn't see him grab the glove until Dustin started complaining. Because you could see where he grabs it and then he quickly lets it go. They stand up. Connor kicks him. He does a, a sort of teep kick. They both throw a shot. They both miss. And that's where Connor breaks his foot or tibia at this point that we all know. And falls down and still ends the fight throwing shots. Okay. I don't understand how these judges had a 10-8. But then I went back and thought about it. I'm like, well, if they're watching it live, because they only get one shot, right? Like, you watch the round, and it's only one shot. And again, I just said, when I'm watching it with full of emotions, I don't remember a lot of stuff that happened. So I could see them giving it 10-8 because they assumed Dustin hit Connor, which knocked him down. But I don't see that being 10-8 because Connor. Dustin didn't knock him down. Connor fell because he was compromised. So we'll see what happens. He he's medically suspended until January twenty twenty two. He broke his tibia. He's gonna be six weeks on a crutch. Like I wouldn't be opposed to a fourth fight because the third fight was very competitive. A lot of people are going to tell me, you're absolutely insane. That fight was not competitive at all. I'm like, yes, it is. Go back and watch it. Like, if you're telling me it wasn't competitive at all and you have not watched it a second time, go back and watch it. I watched it three or four times at this point. Because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything before talking about this. Now, the comments he made afterwards about his wife. This is Conor McGregor on on Dustin Poirier's wife. I don't agree with. He was probably very emotional. His foot was probably killing him. First of all, I have to commend him for even giving an interview because even Chris Weidman said, he's like, dude, after I broke my foot, I didn't even want a microphone in my face, let alone be able to talk about what happened. And this guy's over here saying all this type of stuff. Like, I got to commend him for even wanting to give him an, an interview. Should they have done that interview, no. Why? Because his foot's broken. He's probably in tremendous amount of pain. And just a state of mind, like I believe Connor went in there believing he wasn't gonna lose that fight. Because like, these fighters know, right? Like they know, like people say that Connor didn't train. I don't believe that. Because of the way Connor was carrying himself all fight week. He truly believed he was gonna win this fight. Maybe in the second fight there was little doubt, but he truly believed he was gonna win this fight. So the comments afterwards, I I wasn't a fan of. What's next for both guys is Connor's gotta heal up. When he comes back within a year, because I'm pretty sure he's not gonna fight until July of next year. That's if he fights, right? When he comes back within a year, I would like to see him fight. It also depends what it looks like, right? What does the standings look like by the time he comes back? Because right now you got Dustin, he's probably going to fight Olivera. Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler are probably going to fight. Islam Maha Bro, it's Islam's time. I would, I guarantee you they're going to make him fight Benil Dariush because both of their timelines are on the same path and they have the same manager. I don't see him fighting Dos Años because Islam's number five. We're going to talk about Islam in a little bit. So, this is going to be funny. Connor's all the way at number nine. If Rafael Dos Años is still in the UFC by the time Connor comes back, run that one because Dos Años is gonna be an alternate to this fight. And they had a little confrontation at the official weigh ins at the Apex, so make him fight that fight, they would run it from when twenty March of twenty sixteen that they were supposed to fight? And then that's when Nate stepped in to do the first fight at 170. So make them fight. That's the fight for Connor, in my opinion. In his return, if Dos Anjos is still around. For Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns should fight Leon Edwards. Because Osmondal is going to look for a big name. And if Colby and Usman are really fighting next which is what everybody's saying if Colby loses Masvidal's gonna look to fight him Unless Masvidal wants to fight this year he's number seven he could fight Wonder Boy because he didn't want to run that one back Wonder Boy's one number four Because Vicente Luque and Michael Chiesa are already going to fight on August 7th. So, so yeah, Gilbert Burns should fight Leon Edwards. Because I could also see Jorge without fighting Stephen Thompson. Because they're both coming off of losses. Ty Ibasa. Is he ranked? Ty, are you ranked? Oh, it's Type not even ranked. Give him, I like Will Harris. Give him Sergei Pavoli, Pavlovich, Pavlovich. Sergei Pavlovich. Make him fight the number 15 guy. Because Curtis Blaze is going to fight Yasinia Rosenstrike International Fight Week. We're going to get into that very, very soon. I promise. Oh, and Dustin is supposedly going to fight Charles Oliveira at the end of the year. Islam Mahashev versus Tiago Moises. Islam wins by rear naked choke Misha Tay, after four years. She comes back and wins by TKO, Gamra beats Jeremy Stevens by Kimura, Rodolfo Vieira beats Dustin Sl- vs by submission, Billy Quarantino beats Gabriel Benitez, TKO punches, my boy Danny Rodriguez beats Preston Parsons, TKO punches, okay. First of all, when are we going to start putting some respect on D-Rod's name here? Like that dude, since being in the UFC, he's lost once. And he beat the dude that recently beat the guy that beat him. So, I don't know when they're going to start giving Danny Rodriguez. He, He should be getting more media coverage. He should be getting a top 15 guy in his next fight. Give him Sean Brady, if you don't want to, because he's not even in the top 15, only because he wants to fight Bula Muhammad, but I honestly think he should fight, be in the top 15 first. First of all, I would watch that. If he were to fight Bula Muhammad, I'd watch him fight him. Because I know how dangerous Danny Rodriguez is. Like his biggest win name-wise is Mike Perry. Like why, why isn't, why aren't you guys trying to promote D-Rod more and give him a top 15 guy? For Misha Tate, I believe her next opponent will be the winner of, of this weekend between Aspen Ladd, Aspen Ladd and Macy Chison Like the winner of that should fight Misha Tate next. Because I believe Misha is ranked. Because she just beat the number 12 girl. I'm going to go check to make sure. But I believe Misha should be ranked. Okay. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Misha Tate is number 8. Wait. So... Yeah, bro, that's not right. Misha Tate should definitely fight the winner of Aspen Lad and this Macy Chiasen girl. Because she was number 9, and because Misha came into the rankings, they pushed her out to n- number 10. But she's fighting Aspen Lad, who's ranked number 3. So if you ask me... That's Misha Tate's next fight. But talking about this weekend's fight. Let's go through them. Corey Sanhagen fights TJ Dillashaw. Bang. That's going to be a good fight. Aspen Ladd. Macy Ch- Chia. Good fight. Kyler Phillips versus. Rolian Pavi- Pavia. Good fight. Darren Elkins versus Derek Miner. Miner. And then, nobody's talking about this fight, but Miranda Maverick versus Macy Barber, and then Mickey Gall versus Jordan Williams. Okay. I'm going to do three fights. I think Miranda Maverick beats Macy Barber, and I think Macy's going to take out Aspen Ladd because of how big she is, and I think TJ's going to come back and show that he's absolutely a 135-pound GOAT. I think he takes out Corey Sanhagen. Like, that sucks, right? Because I understand what TJ did was um, cheating. But they said, for one, you have to be testing for EPO. Like, that's another thing that's not helping him. But one thing that does help him is they went back and tested all of TJ's previous samples for EPO when he was fighting at 135. And they didn't find anything. So this is what I believe. TJ did that to get to 125 and to be able to compete. Well, is it right? No. But I believe he's never cheated when he was competing at Bantamweight. I believe if he ever goes back to 125, his legacy's tarnished. But if he could stay here and compete at 135 with no flags, we have to consider him a GOAT at 135. TJ is the man, like, yes, is he competitive, yes, does he come off kind of like a jerk, sure, but who doesn't, they're cage fighters, bro, I'm rooting for TJ, because he deserves a win, yes, he did what he did, he has to live with it, like Corey Sanhagen said, he has to live with it, like Conor has to live with what he said to Dustin, he has to live with it, It's going to be a good one. It's going to start early. The reason I believe it's going to start early is because originally Tyson Fury was supposed to fight Deontay Wilder this weekend. But it didn't happen. So. We're going to see what happens. I believe it starts at 4. The main card, right? So they'll be done around 7. That lines up because both fights are supposed to be on ESPN. And. ESPN wants to be able to cover both sports, right? So, I believe that's why it was an early start time. But unfortunately, Tyson got COVID and that fight got moved to October 9th. I'm still going to watch that fight though. Corey Sandhagen versus TJ. So, again, I got TJ, Macy, and Miranda Maverick. be a good fight international fight week okay this is gonna bleed into current events slash stuff slash a bunch of stuff but it's okay let's go International Fight Week is back. The yearly summer fight tradition in Las Vegas is back for its ninth installment later this year following cancellation in 2020. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the UFC announced on Saturday evening via press release. The ninth annual UFC International Fight Week will take place September 21st through the 25th, which includes the 2020 Hall of Fame induction ceremony and UFC 266 headline by Alex Volkanovskiy versus Brian Ortega. And then they have the press release. UFC Today announced that the ninth annual UFC International Fight Week will take place in Las Vegas from Tuesday, September 21st through Saturday, September 25th, headlined by UFC 266 Volkanovski versus Ortega. The event-filled week will also include traditional 2020 UFC Hall of Fame induction ceremony and a two-day interactive UFC fight experience. The prestigious 2020 UFC Hall of Fame induction ceremony presented by Toyota Tiles will be held on Thursday, September 23rd and will honor specific achievements and contributions to the UFC in the sport of mixed martial arts. In addition, on Friday, September 24th and continuing on Saturday, September 25th, fans will be able to take part in an easily accessible and interactive free 2-day UFC fan experience that will feature. Meet and greets, autographs and sessions, and partner activations that provide unprecedented access to UFC champions, top-ranked contenders, Hall of Famers, and other UFC personalities. Fans from around the world who converged on Las Vegas for UFC International Fight Week will also be able to enjoy ceremonial weigh-ins, press conferences, And live entertainment of a traditional fight week leading to the scheduled culminating event UFC 266 Volkanovski vs. Ortega on Saturday, September 25th at the T-Mobile Arena. The current UFC 266 lineup includes, and then it goes for the fight card. You guys want to hear it? Champ, Alexander Volkanovski vs. Brian Ortega for featherweight title. It should say the UFC featherweight title, but it says for featherweight title. Champ Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy for women's flyweight title. Curtis Blades versus Yazinho Rosenstrike. Jessica Andras versus Cynthia Calvillo. Euro Medic versus Jolene Turner. Rob Disbashavili versus Marlon Morais. Roxanne Modafferi versus Tatiana Suarez. Those are two good fights. If I hope, I wonder if these guys are on the premiums, because I'll be watching those two fights very closely. And yes, there's one more fight that's on here that I didn't say. I will get to it later. No. And then the return of Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler for a five-round non-title fight. The people's main event. It's not called that. I'm calling it that because we all know it's true. And then there was Man Furiat versus Mariah Bueno Silva. That was the last fight. Okay. I didn't know the fan interactions were free. And that's crazy. It's dope. That's crazy. I'm so happy international fight week. I'm sorry. It took me a second, but I was just taking it in because this is the first time I read it with you guys. So I'm just taking in what the press release said. I didn't know the fan experience was free. So I believe the only thing you pay, well, of course you pay for your stay and all that stuff, right? But corresponding to this event, the only thing you would have to pay for is to get into the fights. Crazy, crazy, crazy. With that being said, let's talk about it. The return of Nick Diaz. Am I the only one excited for this? Like, I feel other people aren't as excited. Maybe because the fans that watch it now probably don't know who Nick is. But Nick Diaz is a big deal. Like, He's only the second. I believe him and his brother are going to be in five round fights for the rest of their lives. As long as they keep, keep fighting. If it works, it works. Because, like, why are they doing it for Nick? I believe that was one of the hurdles, right? He wanted it to be five rounds. Why are you doing it for Nick? Like, Nick, the Diaz brothers and Connor, they're this entity, right? Like, you can't even say this about Jorge. But, like, they get things to bend to their will. Like, for Connor, if you notice, they never put. A title fight when Connor fights if he's not fighting for the title because they get pay per view points the champions doing the UFC doesn't really like that. But then on the flip side, the Diaz brothers they're not even fighting in the co main event or main event, and they're fighting five rounds. That shows you the um power in their fan base and the power they the money they bring to the UFC, both of them. So Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz is a rematch. They originally fought on the prelims of Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell, the first fight, where Chuck decimated Tito. And a lot of people thought Robbie was going to win the first fight because everybody's like, well, Robbie's his knockout artist, Nick's this, Cesar Gracie, Jiu-Jitsu guy. I believe at the time he was a purple belt or maybe a brown belt. I know he wasn't a black belt because he didn't get his black belt until... He was fighting in Elite XC and stuff like that, but he was either a purple belt or a brown belt at the time because he was only like 20 years old, maybe even a blue belt. I honestly don't know. My point is like he was more known for his jujitsu jitsu at the time rather than his boxing and he goes in and that's like the, if you guys ever heard Joe Rogan talk about Nick Diaz, he always go stop Stockton mother effer, I'm not gonna say what he says, he goes Stockton, he's talking about that fight that Nick Diaz was going, Nick Diaz was saying that to Robbie Lawler, so, that's where that came from, and I was like, (laughs) at the time I didn't know, I'm like, well that's pretty cool, and I honestly, I became a fan of Nate's before I became a fan of Nick's, because I became a really big Nick Diaz fan, where I saw when he was doing it in Strikeforce, because he was like, he was Beating dudes down in Strike Force, bro. Strikeforce gets a lot of hate, but Strike Force was awesome. Like it's funny, right? Because George was dominating, guys. He beat Nick. But then George left. And then Robbie became champion. And I'm like, dude, if Nick would have stayed, Nick would have been champion. Cause I believe he could be I he could have beat Robbie back then. Like Nick is a great fighter we're gonna see what happens September 25th I'm excited man super excited like look at Robbie's last four fights he's lost them right but let's look at his did I take it off I took it off I had it up but I believe he lost to Kobe Covington Neil Magni Ben Ashkin and Rafael Dos Anos. The Ben Ashkin one, let's put an asterisk to it because there was controversy there and Robbie was doing very well in that fight. But the other three guys, they're top guys. There's no shame in losing to Neil Magny. I believe he's what? That dude's number eight. He's only below Jorge Masvidal. Rafael Dos Anjos is, is in the top five at lightweight. Right? No, he's not. He's he's in the top ten. He's number seven at lightweight. Kobe Covington is the number one contender. And then the Nick's last three fights. Again, I'm going to put an asterisk against Carlos Condit. Because even though Carlos won, a lot of people thought Nick won. He lost to GSP and to Anderson Silva. And I honestly believe if Nick would have tried in the Anderson Silva fight, he would have won that fight. I feel like Nick didn't try. Like, that's the other thing, right? I hope Nick goes in there and tries to win this fight and doesn't clown around. That's what I'm hoping for. And then an update on his brother. Supposedly he might fight at Madison Square Garden this year. That's Nick that's Nate, right. Nate might fight at Madison Square Garden this year. Again, another current event. We're gonna go. UFC flyweight champion Brandon Moreno would like to return to the octagon in November against a new challenger. An immediate rematch with Davis and Figueiredo is not on his immediate wish list. It's obvious Figueiredo wants the next one because he lost the last one. Figueiredo said during a media lunch on Tuesday. But man, the last fight I dominated him in the first round in striking and grappling and wrestling. So obviously I'm open to fight again with him, but I think he needs t- to fight with somebody. Figueiredo has called for a third fight after submitting to Moreno in the third round of their UFC 263 co-headliner. Their first meeting ended in a draw and fight of the year candidate. The Figueiredo said it was close because he had a tough wake cut, the Brazilian champ has talked about moving up a division to Bantamweight, but recently pivoted back to Moreno. The 27-year-old champ is in, in the midst of a press tour to celebrate his win, which made him the first native Mexican to win a UFC title. Now he is interested in avoiding the pitfalls of those before him and holding on to it. I don't want to be a one-hit wonder guy, Moreno said. I want to build a legacy. I don't want to be the guy who won the fight against Davison. Changed his life and then started to lose. I don't want to do that. So I need to take care of all the stuff I can control. Much more interesting than Moreno is a matchup that will provide a ma- manageable matchup while building his star. A-, a former champ might be the prescription for that. Cody Garbrandt wants to come into the division. And I know he's not in. He's not in the best part of his career, but he's a good name, Moreno said. He's a former champ. He has a really good brand. Behind him, he's an option. The fight between Alejandro Pantoja and Brendan Royval can be a possibility. Obviously, Askar Asgharov, well, but he had an injury in his right hand, so he will be out five or six months right now. I'm thinking about going back into the gym. I'll be prepared for October or November. I think November is better. I don't care the name. I just want to fight that month. And then it goes on to say, Cody was an earlier option for Davison, but the team instead pushed the fight with Moreno, who went uh, went on a 4-0-1 streak to get into title contention. He still held the bantamweight title garbrand pushed the idea of moving down the flyway and becoming a two division champion at one point he was even in the running to face former kingpin demetrius johnson he most recently fought in may when he lost the decision to top contender rob Font for his fourth loss in five recent outings Oreno, the number one ranked fighter in MMA global rankings and the number 13 pound for pound fighter met the president of Mexico during his press tour and appeared well at ease in his first American pressure after winning the title. He said he's taken his cue from past champs on how not to behave. We can see in the history of a lot of guys who get the gold and start to change a little bit and start to be assholes. He said, I don't want to be that guy. I was born a, in a very humble family that taught me a lot of good stuff in my life. I'm trying to have some fun with people too. i love to be champion right now, but I can give up the belt. I can give you the belt right now. Um... I believe he should fight Davison because I've talked to Davison's manager and he does want to return to flyweight because I was under the impression that Davison was going to go to bantamweight as well because the weight cut is probably too hard for him. But I I have talked to Davison's manager and he told me that he's going to stay at flyweight. So I would like to see him fight Davison again. Um, I'm not opposed to not being immediate. I'm not saying because I don't like immediate rematches because how much better can you get with X amount of months? Years is different, but X amount of months, you can't really get that much better. That's why if they do a fourth fight with Dustin and Connor, I would like there to be fights in between. Well, there will be for Dustin, right? But... I don't know for Connor. So I would like to see the thir- the trilogy at some point. Maybe not right away, but at some point. Since I already did some current events, we're going to we're definitely going to do this one. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler's talking out of his ass on ducking allegations. Ooh. Kidding, kidding. It really does say that though. Justin Gaethje is firing back at Michael Chandler's claim. He ducked several fights. Gaethje responded on Wednesday to a recent video where Chandler said the former interim UFC lightweight champ was asked to fight me three or four times and he had declined. Every time. Michael Chandler is talking out of his ass, Gaethje posted on Twitter. I was waiting for the battle agreement three weeks into camp, and I wake up to the news his daddy Dana gave him a title shot. He's been out of commission since the KO. Where am I missing? I'm on vacancy, and this effort is slandering my name three, four times. UFC President Dana White targeted a fight between Gaethje and Chandler shortly after the former Bellator champ. Signed with the industry leader, the matchup was reportedly in the works as recently as March for UFC 262, but Chandler instead booked to fight for the then-vacant title against Charles Oliveira. He lost via second-round TKO. Gaethje vented his frustration at the move, which came shortly after now-former champ Habib Nurmagomedov officially vacated the title. Gaethje hasn't fought since failed bid to unify the title against Nurmagomedov at UFC 254 this past October. The setback snapped a four-fight winning streak culminating in an interim title fight with a win over Tony Ferguson at UFC 249. Chandler's loss sent him back to the drawing board after his Octagon debut at UFC 257 ended in a first-round knockout of Dan Hooker just book the fight bro please just book the fight have these two guys fight because let's look at it bro dude i didn't talk about did i not i did talk about islam let's look at it like there's no denying islam now i didn't say what who he should fight next i skipped over that i remember is no i didn't i'm saying he's gonna fight the bernille okay sorry about that so, let's look at this again. So, we said Dustin's fighting Oliveira. We said Justin and Chandler should fight. Like, book that fight. They're already talking at each other. Make it the last fight night of the year. Go out with a bang. Do it at the Palms. Do it at, like, a small casino venue. Do it, Go old school. Do it at the Hard Rock, because I heard the Palms recently band again. Do it at the Hard Rock. You go out with the band. Cause he Chandler has says that he wants to come back in December. Don't put them on the pay-per-view. Put them on the last fight card of the year. You headline that fight. And you do it at the Hard Rock Casino. For the December pay-per-view, Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. at some point in 2021 or even also at the at the pay-per-view event and Islam Makhachev and then maybe also on the end of the year fight Night card you book Tony Ferguson versus Dan Hooker boom you're welcome Jersey don't even come at me with Connor because Connor's out until next year we're not worried about Connor So there are your three fights. By the end of the year, right? That's what I would do. But that's just me. Okay. We're going to talk about this one. I think I'm going to end it on this. How am I doing on time? Yeah, I think I'm going to end it on this. I think this is good. We're going to end on this because I got a little bit of breaking news for you guys. Not really, but kind of. A boxing match between former UFC champ Vitor Belfort and boxing champ Oscar De La Hoya is set for September 11th in Los Angeles and will now be contested as a professional bout. Oh my God. Hold on, bro. Una Ave para el carrera de Oscar De La Hoya. Ave Maria, Madre Dios, rega por nosotros. Fuck. Ave Maria, Madre Dios, rega por nosotros y nuestros pecadores ahora y en la hora de nuestra muerte. Amen. Bro, Oscar might die. MMA Fighting confirmed the bout status with multiple people close to the negotiation after an initial report from ESPN. Initially, the matchup was announced as an exhibition promoted by Triller Fight Club. But now the California State Athletic Commission will regulate the bout at Staples Center. Oscar is the one who said, I'm in the best shape of my life. F the exhibition. BS. I'm going for reels. Triller Ryan Kavanaugh told ESPN. None of this ballroom dancing boxing has had to, to endure. That's what it said. I thought I misread that, but this was uh, none of this ballroom dancing, has had to endure. Both of them are in incredible shape. The trailer fight, the trailer fight card anchored an all weekend event with live concerts expected to take place. In addition to Delaware versus Belfort, the fight is scheduled for eight two minute rounds. At a catchweight of 180, Belfort usually competes at middleweight. 171 to 185 in MMA, while De La Jolla fought as high is boxing middleweight 154 to 160. The fighters were expected to wear 10 ounce gloves for the contest, but official paperwork for the bout hasn't been completed yet, according to the one person with knowledge of the negotiations. Bell 444 takes on De La Jolla after Triller initially promoted a June 19th boxing match with the real. Tarzan Mike Holston, in a previous interview with MMA Fighting, He targeted a fight with ex-heavyweight champion Vander Holyfield, a former UFC light heavyweight champion. Belfort most recently fought in the cage in May 2018 at UFC 224, where he knocked where he was knocked out by front kick from Leota Machida. Really, I don't remember that happening. Belfort signed a deal with one championship after announcing retirement and departure from the UFC but never fought from the promotion, instead shifted his attention to boxing. De La Hoya, 48, most recently fought in 2008 where he was stopped by then-champ Manny Pacquiao. Afterwards, he announced his retirement. Recently De La Hoya captured the spotlight for his commentary work with Triller, which was. Widely panned by combat sports observers, he then targeted a boxing showdown with ex UFC champ George St. Pierre. But UFC president Dana White refused to release St. Pierre from contract, promoting the search for a new opponent. Again, boo, they should have let that happen. Come on, Dana. I know you don't like Oscar, but let GSP go make money. Boo. I'm gonna let you guys out on this Paulo Costa will be back by this year according to his manager Valid Ishmael I just got a message from him I have asked him is there an opponent and date in mind I have not gotten word back from that yet but I'm hoping let's look at the rankings before I let you guys go let's look at the rankings middleweight right Middleweight. so paulo's number two because derek brunson's supposed to fight darren till i believe he's gonna fight marvin vittori because jared Cannonier's is is gonna fight kevin gaslam because jared and paulo were supposed to originally fight but that's when paulo had his twitter meltdown so i, I believe it's marvin and paulo I hope they fight is the October card complete. They could fight in October, October thirtieth at Fight Island. But that's it guys. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the fight. Remember to follow me at Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram and then I forget. it's either PITM underscore official or official underscore PITM on Twitter. I think it's the second one juices guys